minister to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to try to share the message with you. Possibly, we may have an opportunity to listen and watch again. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Shall we all read it together? One, two, three, go. I cannot hear you. Hallelujah. Wonderful. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called but few are chosen. Many people are called, but few are chosen. Many people submitted their resumes, but few were selected. People applied for the job, but few were selected. Isn't that the case all the time? When there's a posting, when there's an important position, many people apply for it. But very few people are chosen. Hallelujah. Any important position, any important call, anything that is very important, anything that is to the privileged few, anything that is for special people, you will find out that many people are invited to it, but only few people are chosen. Amen. Amen. Isn't that so? If if they were to invite many people to some poor nation, you realize that many people can just go there. It's not a struggle even to get a visa. It's not a struggle to get there. But when it is to a great place, when it's to an important nation, when it's to a wealthy nation, you realize that many people will apply, but few will be chosen. Hallelujah. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. When you receive a call, when you receive a call, you must always ask who is calling. Isn't that so? Whenever you receive a phone call, or whenever you are called, anyone calls you, you always want to know who is calling. In fact, when you answer your phone, you want to know who is on the other end. Isn't that so? Sometimes, I call people, I think recently I called someone and, or someone called me and the person thought that he had called somebody else. So the person started talking. You know, the person started talking and, you know, when you call your friend or when you call someone, it's the way you talk to the person, isn't that so? So the person started talking and then I was wondering what the person was talking about. The person is here, so... <laughs> So I was wondering what the person was talking about. And then I asked, I said, what did you say? And the person just kept talking. And I said, do you know who you've called? And then the person said something. And I said, you, he said, and then I couldn't hear the person well. So I said, I am driving and I cannot hear you well. But you have called me. This is Reverend. And then the person changed the voice. <laughs> and the person changed the tone. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So when, when, you, when you call someone or someone calls you, you want to know who the person is. 
And depending who the person is, the conversation can take certain form. Isn't that so? Yeah. But you must quickly identify the voice of the person who is calling you. You must quickly identify the person who is calling you. Hallelujah. Now, one thing is this. Your response is different depending on who is calling you. Your response to the call, the way you respond to the calling is different when you know who is calling you. Isn't that so? So it is important to identify who is calling you. When you know, it will depend or it will call for how you will respond to the person. Hallelujah. At home, depending on who calls you, your attitude towards it and your response is usually different. Isn't it? When the father, when your father at home calls, when, when the father in the house calls, for instance, for the houseboy, and calls the houseboy, his response will be different from if, say, the gardener or the girl that cleans the house, another co-servant had called him. Isn't that so? If he knows that it's the father that is calling, I believe his response to the father's call will be different from knowing that it was one of your co-servants that called you. Isn't that so? The timing of your response will be also different. For instance, if the houseboy knows that it's the father that called him, he cannot say, for instance, give me a few minutes and I'll be there. Would he say that? He probably will not say that. He will not say, oh, let me finish taking out the trash and I'll be there. Would he say that? He may not. He may run quickly. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you, Tamir? If you are the mistress of a house and you have servants and you call the servant, the servant may run quickly to you. Do you understand? Because the servant knows that his or her survival depends on you. And the servant knows that his response to you, the way he will respond to you, will determine whether he's going to or she's going to survive still living in the house, still being fed, still being paid. So the response of the servant will completely be different. Isn't that so? So the servant may respond quickly. He may come. The servant may not say, Mommy, you bother me too much. Every time, come, go, come, go, come, go. The servant will not say that. If the servant knows that the master is calling, he will not say that. He will run quickly. Hallelujah. The other thing that will occur to you is a thought. When the master calls you, when the master calls the servant, if the master calls the servant, something will come to the servant's mind. Isn't that so? If the master calls, the father of the house calls the servant, say, calls the gardener, he will not think that he is calling him to come and fix the car. Is that what he is going to think? The master of the house calls the gardener, and the gardener, immediately what comes in the gardener's mind is that 
I think he wants me to fix the car. Is that what is going to occur to him? Or he calls the cleaner. The pastor of the house calls the cleaner and immediately a thought comes to the cleaner's mind that I think what, does, what do cleaners do? They clean the house. What do they not do? I think he wants me to come and cook for him today. The cleaner would think that today the master is calling me. He calls you, Sarita, and you immediately occurs in your mind that he wants me to cook for him. Is that the thought that will occur to you? Or the servant will think that the master wants to sit with me and have breakfast. Is that the thought that will occur to you? That the servant, as the master calls you, the first thought that comes to your mind is that he wants to have breakfast with me. Is that a thought? When the boss calls the secretary at work, you are the secretary, and the boss calls you, Joanna, come. Ellen, come. Your boss calls you to the office. I need you in the office. And the first thing that is going to come to your mind is that he wants to have sex with me. Is that a thought that is going to come in your mind? As a secretary, when the boss calls you to the office, because no one is there. You think that's what is... Is that a thought that will occur to you? Because there's no one in the office. But when the boss calls the secretary, the first thing the secretary is going to do is to take a pad and a pen. Isn't that so? The first thing the secretary is going to do is to take a pad and a pen and run to the boss's office Ready to do what? Ready to write. Amen. Knowing who is calling you. Hallelujah. When the secretary goes home and the husband calls her and the husband is in the bedroom and calls the secretary and says, come. Do you think the secretary is going to take a pad and a pen immediately and run to the bedroom and come and stand by the husband and ready to take notes. Because I'm a secretary. And that is what secretaries do. Because I need to type some letters. Is that what the secretary will do? That the boss, the, the, the husband calls you and the thought that comes to your mind is that I need to take some notes. He needs me to take some notes. The man needs me to take some notes. Amen. He says, many are called. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. Who calls many? Who has called many? I cannot hear you. God has called many. Emmanuel, God has called many. He says, many people are called. Many are called. But few are chosen. Many people are called. Most Christians respond to the call of God as if they don't know who is calling. Most Christians respond to the call of God as if they don't know who is calling. He says, many are called. Many are called. Me, many are called. 
Many are called. Thank you, Caesar. Many are called. Many people are called. God has called many. Now, when someone says many are called, can you say that I am unlikely to be part of the people who are called? When he says many are called, it means most of us here are called. It means most of the people have been called. It means majority of the people have been called. But most of our response is as if we don't even know that we have been called. Or we don't even know who is calling. Our response to this call shows that we have no idea or it has not crossed our mind about who is calling. But it says many are called. Many are called. Just as the husband calls, or the, the boss of the house calls, the master of the house calls, the servant is going to run because he knows who is calling. When you know who is calling, your response is different. If we knew that it is God who is calling us, our response will be different. But the way we respond, it shows that either we have no value for who is calling, or we don't know who is calling. Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing? You don't understand what I'm sharing? Our response to this call, it shows that either we have no value, because you see, if the master were to call the servant, and the servant says, wait, I have to finish throwing out the trash before I come to see you. It means the servant has no value for the master. Or he doesn't know who he's calling. Perhaps the servant thinks that it's the the, the house girl who is calling. Perhaps the servant thinks that it is the butcher who is calling. Or one of the colleagues, or one of his friends is calling. And so he said, I will be, I'll, give me a few minutes and I'll be there. Or I am too tired, I will come in the morning. It's too late and I will come in the morning. Because we don't know who is calling. And that is what we do. That is how we respond. That is how we respond to the call of God. He says, many are called. Many are called. Many are called, but many of us exclude ourselves. Our response to this call is that I am not included. I cannot even hear who is calling. Or I don't even know who is calling. But he says, many are called. Many are called. When your boss at work calls you, you run. You run to the office. In fact, you stop everything you are doing. As soon as you identify that it is your boss, even on your day off, the day that you are not working, if you know that it is your boss who is calling, you stop everything that you are doing. Because you know the reward that comes from responding to a call like that. Amen. You know the response that you, the, you know the, the reward that comes if you respond to this call. But I think the way we respond to the call of God, it shows that we have no idea what the response, what the reward is. Amen. Shakira, the way we respond to the call of God, it shows that we have no idea what the reward is. Amen. When your boss were to call you, on a Saturday morning or on a holiday, you know the reward. 
you know that it's going to be a time and a half of the pay that you normally will get. And so your response will be different. You went out and you came home late night, but the boss has called you and you say, I am okay, I will come. And immediately you will jump and then you will take a shower quickly and you will be on your way. And the reason is because you know the reward. You know the reward. You know that he's going to pay you a time and a half. And so quickly you gather yourself and you run knowing the reward. Amen. Amen. By the God who is calling you. You do not respond. Hallelujah. You do not respond. Amen. If the FBI were to call you today to their office and they say they need you in the office. Anita, if you came home and you had a phone call that the FBI wants you to report at 9 a.m., would you go there 10.30 a.m.? Would you go there 11.30 a.m.? Would you go there 9.30 a.m.? They need you 9 a.m. Report to the FBI office 9 a.m. If you don't respond to that call, you know what will happen to you. Amen. You know what will happen to you if you don't respond to that call at 9 a.m. They say, we need you to respond at 9 a.m. How many of you will show up at 9.30? 9.15? A lot of you will show up 7 a.m. waiting for the office to open and then enter at 9 a.m. Kofi, is it not how you respond? That you know that the FBI is calling you. Because you know that if you don't respond at that time, something consequential, you know the consequences will not be present. So you see, when you know the person who is calling, your response is different. When you know who is calling you, your response is different. But a lot of times, you don't know who is calling. And so our response is different. Hallelujah. If the president were to call you, If you came home, you came home now, and there's a phone call. And they said that randomly President Trump has selected your number and had called and is meeting some young people and you are invited. Would you say it's too far? You say that White House is too far. I will not come. It's too far from me. I will not come. I think you're the only one that will say that. You say you will not go to White House because it's too far. My sister, what's your name? Gabby. If President Trump sent a call, a phone call, you miss a phone call, and then when you listen to your message, it's President Trump's office. The White House has called you, and they need you to come to the White House. You have been invited to a dinner in the White House. Gabby, you will say that it's too far. I cannot, I can't go to. Is that what you are going to say? That's not what you are going to say. Perhaps you are going to buy a nice dress. A dress befitting a president's presence. A dress that is worth wearing to show to a president. A dress that is worth wearing to appear in a dinner that is organized by the president. That is the kind of dress you are going to buy. Because you know who is calling you. Because you know who is inviting you. 
and you make the necessary preparation towards that invitation. But the God who is calling you says, Many are called. Many are called. Few are chosen. Because many are saying, It is too far. The meeting that you are calling me to is too late. It stays too long. It goes on too long. You are going to say, As for White House, when they call you, they meet for too long, so I can't go. I'm not going. Is that what you are going to say, Ellen? That it's going to be more than two hours, so I'm not going. This meeting that the president is calling is going to be too long, so I'm not going. Is that what you are going to say? No. When you know who is calling, your response is different. When you know who is calling, your preparation towards the meeting is different. Hallelujah. They call you, they say, they sent you a letter and they say, come to the immigration office at 8.30 a.m. 8.30 a.m. And you need your papers. You say, no, I, I slept late last night. You, you will say that I worked last night. I worked the night before. So if it is 8.30 on Tuesday, I work Monday. So 8.30 on Tuesday, I cannot come. Make it next year. Make it next month. Next week. Make it next week. When you know who is calling, your response is different. When you know who is calling, your response is different. Hallelujah. But we don't have the same response to the call of God. We don't respond the same way to the call of God. Hallelujah. When you know who is calling, the thought that comes to you is different. Hallelujah. When you know the boss is calling the secretary, you know that the thought that is going to come to the secretary is type some letters, write some notes, send some emails, make certain reservations, do certain things. Sex will not come on the secretary's mind. Let's go to dinner will not be the thing that is on the secretary's mind. When God calls you and says, many are called, the thought that comes to many people is that I'm going to be blessed. I am going to be rich. God has called me, so it is for wealth. It is for riches. The first time you hear a call of God, that you had a dream and your name was called. And it looks like it was an angel. An angel was sitting there. Joel, Joel, come. Joel, come. And as soon as you wake up, as you are going to work, you are expecting that today there will be some promotion. Today there will be, I heard an angel of God calling me. You see, when you hear, when you know the person who is calling, a certain thought should come to your mind. When you are a wife and your husband is calling you, you don't have a thought that he needs a letter to be written. When your husband is standing by the microwave and there's, he opens the fridge and then he calls you and he says, Efe! He's standing in front of the fridge and he calls you, Efe! And then Efe brings a notepad.
Hallelujah. God does not call people because he wants to make them rich. The reason why God calls you is not because he wants you to be rich. It's not because he wants you to have money. That is not the primary reason why God calls you. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. The company that hired you did not hire you because they want to make you rich. Is that why they called you? Is that how, why they hired you? Is that why they, they took so many interviews? Is that why they invited so many people to apply? That they want to make them rich. They want to put money in their bank accounts. But of course, if you respond to the reason why the company hired you, then you can be assured that every week, every two weeks, they will make you rich. If you respond to the reason why they called you, if you respond to the reason why they called you, you can rest assured that every week or every two weeks, they will make you rich. But the reason why they called you is not to make you rich. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. God accepted many resumes. He put out the invitation and many people, he accepted many resumes, but few have been chosen. And even the few that have been chosen, their minds is that they want to be rich. Today, many people start churches and their minds is that they will be rich. Many people want to start churches and their mind is that they will have a good life. God did not call you to make you rich. The reason why God called you is not so to make you rich. Hallelujah. God did not call you so that you will be married. But today, many people respond to their call because they want to get married. Many people come to the call, many people answer the call, and the, what is in their mind is that I'm going to get married. I am going to have children. I am going to have scholarship. I am going to have financial aid. I am going to have good grades. Many are called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. John chapter 3 and verse 17. John chapter 3 and verse 17. He says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. The reason why God sent his son, which brought about your calling, is that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. This is the primary reason why God sent his son. This is the only reason why God sent his son. He says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. If you are called, if you are called, and you help God accomplish the purpose, the reason for which he sent his son, then you can rest assured that whatever you also need, he will give you. Amen. If you answer
the company's call, if you respond to the company's call, then you can rest assured that whatever you need, it will be given you. Hallelujah. Let me see your notes. You're taking a lot of notes. Hallelujah. The reason why God called you is not so you'll finish school. The reason why God called you is not so you'll finish school. The reason why God called you is not so your business will prosper. It's not so your marriage will prosper. The reason why God called you is not so that you will have a job. That you will have a good job. Promotion. He said, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is the only reason why God sent his son. Hallelujah. That is the only reason why God sent his son. God will not have sent his son for any other reason, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. And for that, he has called many, many people to help accomplish this purpose, that the world will be saved. That the world will be saved. But the people who have responded to the call, they also have different agenda. Because they don't know who is calling. They have become like the servant who does not know that the master is calling. And so they are saying, wait, let me finish school. When I finish school, I will respond to this call. Wait, let me get this job. When I get this job and I move to this place, I will respond to this call. Wait, let me move closer. When I move closer and Washington is not too far from me, then I'll respond to this call. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, through this son that God sent, through him, the world might be saved. And that is the purpose for which God calls you. That is the reason why God calls you. To be a partaker of this great kingdom. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, not to know anything among you, not to know about your marriage, not to know about your job situation, not to know about your unemployment, not to know about your, your court case, not to know about your sicknesses, not to know about your diseases, not to know about your needs, not to know about your disappointments, not to know about your depression. He says, I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the reason. He says, when I came, I determined not to know anything amongst you. 
save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Beloved, if we will be determined not to know anything, anything else, not to know anything else but Jesus Christ and him crucified, then the one who calls you, whatever need, whatever need, he says, is the God that knows the end from the beginning. He says, whatever, he says, all things are naked before him. And everything pertaining to you is also naked before him. But he has called you, and he says, not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That this application for this job, when you come here, your job, your job description is to not to know anything. Not to know anything. Not to have any other thing in your heart but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. He said, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He determined not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. And that he did with all his strength. He says, and I was with you in weakness. When he was weak, it was about Jesus Christ and him crucified. When he was down, it was about Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, in fear, and it was about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Not to know anything else, but about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. He was in trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of wisdom. Enticing words of wisdom. Today, that is how we have sought the call of God to be. We have changed that call. That President Trump invited you to the White House. And immediately, what came in your mind is that I'm going to be the President's wife. Gaba, is that what came in your mind? That I'm going to be the president's wife. The president has called me, and immediately you start changing your hairstyle and changing your makeup. And, and what is in your mind as you are going is that I'm going to be the president's wife. The president is going to leave his wife and marry me. Sarida, is that what is going to come in your mind? The first thing that is going to come in your mind is that I think I'm more beautiful than the president's wife. That is why he's calling me. That's the first thing that is going to come in your mind. But you see, we have changed the call and the response to it. We have changed the response to it. That today, if you hear of a powerful prophet in town and you are going to see the prophet, you are not, going, you are not expecting if the prophet has welcomed you and is calling you, what is in your mind as you are going to see the prophet? It's not about Jesus Christ and him crucified, but that I am going to have money in my pocket, money in my bank account. I am going to have a new job. I am going to have my purpose. 
My future is bright because the prophet has called me. And for that, we have been led to preach the message with enticing words of man's wisdom. Enticing words of man's wisdom. Enticing words of man's wisdom. That you will go to a church and you will not hear anything about Jesus Christ and him crucified. You go to a church and there is no altar call. And so Christians have also become that. That when we are coming to church, what is in our mind is we are going to be blessed. How many of you, we were coming today and all that was on your mind was about Jesus Christ and him crucified? says, he preached with trembling. He says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. The princes of this world that come to naught. The wealth of this world that come to naught. The powers of this world, the spirits of this world that come to naught. Amen. Amen. When we respond to a prophet's call and a prophet has called you, the first thing that comes to mind is, prophet, tell me something. Tell me something. Tell me something. You want to hear about your business, about your destiny, about your marriage, about a job, about promotion. That your children are going to do well. That your husband will begin to love you. Or that you will get a husband. Amen. The prophet has called me. So all of your answers are coming. But he says, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. It is mysterious. If only you respond to that call about Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you put that as your main job description. That is about Jesus Christ and him crucified. It is mysterious. Hallelujah. And this none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But here is the catch. If only you will respond to the call. I said, many are called, but few are chosen. He says, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. The servant that loves the master is the one that runs when the master calls. The servant that loves the master is the one that chews his ear to the master's call. The one that is always waiting to hear the master calling. The one who is ready to respond to the master's call. That the master treats differently. I say that the master treats differently. And sometimes, even what the servant does not qualify, he said, I have not seen. It has not even occurred to the mind of the servant that one day this rich man will die and I'll be a part of the heritage. He said, I have not seen. 
for that one that the master loves. Hallelujah. See, Pastor it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, for them that respond to this call, for them that run when they hear the call, for them that have different thoughts when they hear the call. Hallelujah. For them that do not have the wisdom of this world on their minds when they hear the call. Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I have not seen, nor ear heard. It has not even entered into the heart of the servant that you can be a part of a heritage. Amen. It has not even entered into your heart. You see, as you are sitting here, students, as you are sitting here, it has not even entered into your heart that you can live in a mansion, that you'll be married with your children and your husband in a mansion, living in a mansion. It has not even entered into your heart. But if you respond to that call, if only you respond to that call, and that is mysterious, it is mysterious, it is mysterious that it will just be about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And all these things can be yours. He says, I have not seen. I have not seen. What has I not seen? What I have not seen, it means I have not seen. It means it is beyond what you can see. It means it is far from what you can see. Hallelujah. It has not entered into the hearts of men. Is there anything in this world that man's eyes have not seen? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, let us serve God well. Let us serve God well. If we have made a determination to serve God, let us serve him well. And let us respond to the call. Let us respond to the purpose, the reason for which he calls us. Amen. Amen. Because when you know the reward, it is totally different. When you know the reward of the boss who is calling you, your response is totally different. When you know the reward of the, the king who is calling you, your, reward, your response is totally different. The things that come in your mind is totally different. When we know who is calling us, souls perishing should come on your mind. When you know who is calling us, evangelism should come in our mind. When we know who is calling us, saving souls should come on your mind. When you know who is calling us. And when you respond to that call, when you respond to that call, he says, your reward, I have not seen. I have not seen. Neither had it entered into the house of man. Look, I don't know what you are looking for. I don't know what your heart desires are. I don't know what your pressing needs are. Respond to the call of the master. Just include yourself in the many who have been called. I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what your challenges are. Respond to the great one who is calling you. For the one who is calling you is great. And his rewards are mighty. Put your hands together for the Lord. And thank you,
Oh, Father, we are thankful and we are grateful tonight. Oh, yes. You say many are called. Many are called. Many are called. But you say, you, you, you seek me first. Seek me first. My kingdom and its righteousness. Whatever it is that is on your mind. Whatever it is that troubles you. Whatever it is that is in your heart. It says there are things that the people of the world look for. It says your father in heaven, he knows, he knows. He says cars, houses, marriages, jobs. He says these are the things that the Gentiles, the unbelievers, this is what they are looking for. These things do they seek after? These are the things that they look for. But you, you who have been called, you who have been called, you who have been chosen, he says, seek me first, my kingdom and its righteousness. Seek me first and my kingdom and its righteousness. And all the other things, all the other things, everything that the unbelievers are looking for. Oh, yes. My kingdom and its righteousness. Seek my kingdom and my righteousness. Respond to the call first. Respond to the call. Respond to the call first. And all these other things.
Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive us for not responding to the primary call, the very reason for which you called us. Lord, you say that you know the works that we do. There's so many things that we do. And you say you know our works. You know our labor. How we are tired and we come. How we are sleepy and we come. How we don't feel like playing drums for you and we play. How we don't feel like playing keyboard for you and we play. How we, feel, we don't feel like clapping and we clap. How we don't feel like singing but we sing. You say you know our works. You know our labor. But you have one thing against us. That we have forgotten our first love. The very first. The very reason for which we came. The first love that we receive from salvation. Lord, we ask, turn our hearts. Turn our hearts once again. Change our hearts. Transform our hearts. Father, take us back to that first love. Take us back to that first call. That primary call. Let us not substitute this call for any other call. But Lord, may we walk in this call. May we respond to this call. You say you did not send your son into the world to condemn the world. But that was through him the world might be saved. Lord, we ask. May we respond to this call. May we stand by you. For we say if we are not with you, then we are against you. Lord, it is never our hard desire to be against you. But may we stand by you. May we stand with you. May you never remove the candlesticks that are around us. But may you continue to stand with us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Tonight we repent, oh God. And we will respond to the call. For we know who is calling. We hear the voice of the one who is calling. We have reference to the one who is calling. We honor the one who is calling. Because we identify with voice. And we know who is calling. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful and thankful tonight. In the name of Jesus. So, so when you call my name, I'll say to you, Lord, here I am. I'm listening, Lord. Speak to me. I want to see. I want to see. Oh, Lord. Oh, 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 oh. 
speaking to our hearts in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You are here tonight. You want to give your life to Jesus. You are here tonight. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. If that is you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Anyone here like that? There's more room at the cross. He says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Is there anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Awesome.